DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst and former Cougar linebacker. David, good morning. Good morning. How's it going, guys? Good. Got multiple uh, topics to discuss with you this morning, so let's get right to it. We might as well start uh, with the bowl game. You are satisfied with it? You are happy with it? You are a little disappointed but realize it's the best they could get? What are you thinking about a, uh, a trip to Boca Raton? Yeah, listen, outside the New Year's Six, I think this is probably the best bowl, the best matchup for BYU. Uh, you look at UCF, they're a well-respected program, 6-3 and three this year with three close losses, uh, and in a warm location. So if you're, if you're a player, you're loving it <laughs> because you avoided the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl where it's going to be freezing up there. Uh, so, no, I, I think it's good. I mean, obviously, everyone's disappointing, including the players. New Year's Six was in their grass. Uh, but when you look back on it, that was basically BYU's bowl game. I mean, that was their New Year's Six opportunity played at Coastal Carolina. They came up, you know, one, two yards short. Uh, and you have to live with it, and this is what you get. And once again, I think it's a great consolation prize. Um, and I think the players are genuinely excited to go out there and play one more time and uh, play on ESPN and, and kind of be that feature bowl that day. So, you know, I, it is what it is. But uh, I, I think, like I said, if, if you were to go to a New Year's Six, I think this is probably the best uh, the best option for, for the GOE team. I'm wondering, looking at what the committee has done, if BYU – unless they beat Coastal Carolina by 25-30, if it would have been enough. So there's a potential that the way the system is I've rigged might be the word or slanted or favored, whatever you want to say, that this is probably the best that they were going to do unless they went back there and slaughtered those guys, which under the circumstances of two days, I don't know that that was practical. Yeah, listen, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday before the, the playoff rankings came out. Um, and they asked, hey, in, in hindsight, should, have, should BYU have taken that game? And my response is, yeah, if you want to be the best, you got to play the best. And, and thinking that, well, you know, obviously they had to take it to hopefully get into that New Year's Six game. Well, yesterday when the, when the rankings came out and Cincinnati got bumped back a spot, I mean, it's pretty obvious, pretty evident what the, what the committee is trying to do to G5s, right? They're trying to, trying to yeah, shut them out as much right. as possible. So. Um, you know, yeah, it was. I think BYU, in hindsight, I'm glad they took the game because I think they would have had to have to try to, to try to make a push there at the end and, and still stay in the top ten uh, for that New Year's Six bowl game. So it was the right decision. Obviously, like you said, I mean, more preparation. I think it's a different outcome. I think if BYU has a full week to prepare, I think they win that game. You know, eight, nine, ten out of times with with Coastal Carolina. But obviously, it is what it is, and uh, you know. It's, it, like I said, it's one of those memories we talked about last week. It's one of those memories that, unfortunately, you'll, you'll remember the rest of your life being <laughs> one, two yards short and how close you were to, to making history as far as BYU goes. I think they had to take that game because of how the system is set up. They would have been crushed if they did not take that game. So they had no choice. Now, Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama don't have to take a game like that because how the system is set up. But BYU did. Now, the thing I'm curious about here going down the stretch is that uh, I could write off the performance against San Diego State and say, hey, there was something missing there, but it's not surprising. There'd be a little bit of a letdown after you know what they were playing for. They didn't get it. And, and it was good enough against San Diego State. But I saw Brady Papinga, and I also know Brady has a lot of opinions and people don't buy them all. So I'm curious about what you think. 
He thinks that there are guys wearing down here at the end of the year, and he thinks it goes to strength and conditioning. Uh, You can find the tweet. I'm paraphrasing it. And it was a tweet, so he didn't have time to fully explain himself. But he thinks that they're basically wearing down, and guys aren't capable, especially in the trenches, of moving people around on both sides of the ball the way they did early in the season. I thought it was mostly an emotional, you know, maybe partly because it was freezing cold. Um, Dylan Colley brought that up. He said, that just wasn't football weather. December at night in Provo, it's 18 degrees. You're going to get a weird game. How do you explain it? Yeah, I, I would go with the latter. I mean, listen, I understand where Braves come from. That's his job regarding uh, training conditioning. But um, if you look at BYU's team this year in the, in the amount of injuries, season injuries have been really low if you compare it to season past. I mean, I as far as playmakers go, you've only had three or four guys that had been lost this season, which I think in years past it was double digits. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think the fatigue of this season, I think it's A, definitely part of a letdown. I mean, uh, we talked about this last week as well. If you guys saw Isaiah Kafusi's interview after the, the post after Coach Carolina, the guy, the guy just broke down in tears. And he, he basically sobbed his way through the interview. Um, and it goes to show you how much emotion. He's a, you know, he's a team captain for the defense. It goes to show you how much emotion these, these kids were going through with that game, right? I mean, it was and, – and, and, of course, you know, we joke about all those little eyeballs on Twitter when the game was announced. I mean, that, that was all the players so excited and so giddy to go out there and play. Uh, then they come up, like I said, a yard short. I mean, that, you almost wish you got blown out in that game, right? And, and you could probably get over that loss a little quicker. Uh, but instead, how you had the chance at the end, you were that close to winning it, uh, made it that much worse. And so – I think there was definitely a hangover from, from that game. And then you throw in the elements at home. And, and frankly, guys, it, there wasn't much riding on that game anymore, right? I mean, BYU is pretty much relegated to a non-P6, uh, excuse me, a non-year six game. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's kind of tough to get up for that game because your undefeated season is now gone. Uh, so you had all that in together. I think that's why I saw somewhat of a sloppy performance. I mean, BYU still goes out there, holds them scoreless in the second half. Uh, but, you know, offensively didn't put up quite the numbers they thought. That's also San Diego State defense that came in number three in the country in total defense. So, you know, it goes both ways. It was it was kind of a game as expected. I mean, listen, you look at last year's result when BYU played on the road at San Diego State uh, and the final was 16-3. to I mean, listen, you take that 28-14 to win every time. So we've been talking about Kalani Sataki, how he's done a phenomenal job. I was talking to some folks on the staff saying, wow, you know, he's in his fifth year and he's really rounded into shape as far as being a head coach, understanding at all the things that go into it. And it only makes sense that you would be better in year five versus something that you're doing in year one. So with that in mind, does BYU, the administration, need to show him a little more love? Because I think they do, because I think that it would just be a setback to have to rebuild or reload. I'm not saying it, that he would leave, but if he chose to leave. So maybe show him some love to try to keep him here. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, it's on its way. Um, I think with COVID and Tom having to worry about trying to schedule somebody new every week, that's probably been put on the back burner a little bit this season. Uh, but, but I think it's inevitable. And, and I think he also shows with, obviously, early signing day today with recruits, how he's gone out there and picked up some, some big recruits this year as well. And, and of course, winning helps that. Um, but I also think these recruits see how much these current players love to play for Kalani. And uh, it goes back to last year when they, they all pulled out those shirts after the last home game and said extend Kalani, right? Uh, and, and so these, these kids love to play for him. I think recruits notice that. 
um, that they know there's something special going on at BYU and, and it results in Kalani definitely getting a, a more longer-term deal, especially after the season. So I like Kalani's comments about Zach Wilson as well. He made recently saying it's always a good sign when you have a you know a top-10 potential quarterback. It shows that you're doing the right things, you're recruiting the right kids in your program, and it's heading the right direction. And, and I couldn't agree more with him. I mean, I think BYU is at the point now with this program where Kalani had to come in and rebuild the program uh, and get his own guys in there, his own recruits, and now you're starting to see uh, the results of, of all that hard work, right? You're seeing you're seeing these these upperclassmen playing and, and playing well, and so you know now he's restocked the cupboard, and and you see guys like Jake McConover that will be back next year. You see a ton of kids. I mean, you look at that wide receiver core; uh, everyone's pretty much back next year, including Isaac Rex, who I, I would argue probably you know all American freshman all American this year. Um, and so there's a lot of talent coming back. Um, defensively, you'll miss you'll you'll miss out on some guys. There's a lot of young guys that've got some significant playing time this year. So, I think Clyde definitely deserves an extension. He's got the players that I think next year will have. Uh, it will be another special season. It could be. I mean, if, if all the parts come into place and exactly, it obviously comes down to who takes the reins, whether it's Baylor or Conover, and and uh, you know how well they can perform there. But uh, I, I think it's I think it's exciting. I think the the program is definitely heading the right direction. No doubt. David Nixon joining us. You see him on BYU TV, former uh, BYU player. I'm curious how much f- high school football you watch in the state of Utah, and if you do, some uh, players you really believe in who are going to be impact players when they get to college. You know what? I actually watched more high school football this year than I probably have in any year past. My nephew, uh, John Henry Daly, who, who just committed to the Y uh, on Monday and signing today, he played for Lone Peak, so I've watched him all year, gotten into some of his games, and, of course, the ones that we couldn't make it to, watched him on TV. Um, and then my other little nephew, who moved up from California this year, uh, plays for Tempview. And so I was watching uh, all the Tempview games. I got to see Ray DeMooney and Logan Fano and those guys. And so, um, yeah, I got to watch. And, of course, I live here in Draper in the backyard of Corner Canyon. So, uh, And, of course, Corner Canyon played Lone Peak a couple times this year, so I got to watch those games. I watched Jackson Dart. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy high school football season, and watching those guys play. But to that point, I think BYU, and depending on what Dart does today, whether BYU can snag them or not, um, I think BYU recruiting class, especially in state, is shaping up to be a pretty solid one. I mean, you think about uh, John Henry as well as um, uh, Demuni and, and Fado. I, I think those three guys alone are are going to be playmakers here for BYU in the, in the years to come. So. It's an exciting time, and like I said, I think the, the recruits are starting to notice that. and I think they're starting to see kind of energy vibe around this BYU program. Um, and I think local kids are starting starting to take note. So we'll see if that continues, uh, the trend continues in years to come. But I'll tell you what, winning helps. <laughs> and, and it's easy to, if you're a recruit, it's easy to jump on board uh, when, when teams are winning. And, and you have to do that first, and that, that obviously helps most with recruiting. That's, that's what Kalani's doing right now, and like I said, you you uh, you see the results. What's with all the, the nephews? What are you Polynesian all of a sudden here, Dave? <laughs> uh, well, my brother-in-law. So it's my it's my older sister. It's her husband. Uh, actually, played at the Y. He he was a stud uh, linebacker. Oregon uh, coming out of high school, and so he's got he's got uh, my nephews have his his genes most likely, but. Uh, okay. so, those two are studs. I have a I have an older so you got John Henry, then he has an older brother Michael, who's on his mission right now. Uh, but he he had I think twenty four and a half sacks as a senior. John Henry had twenty two. Wow. So 
those two kids, uh, they'll be playing together here soon. It'll be fun to watch them. I, they'll probably be outside linebackers. They're probably not going to be the DN guys, but outside linebackers. So excited to watch them uh, them play here whenever they get to their missions and, and move on. I want to throw a question at you uh, that I heard, and I'm not going to give up any names, but there's somebody that BYU was recruiting, and the word came back that I'm not interested because, quote, I'm not a church guy. Now, my thought for you, that doesn't mean you're a bad person if you're not a church guy. We understand all that. But how much does religion play a factor in the life of a BYU football player? Meaning that if you're not a church guy, but you're willing to adhere to the rules, is there a place for you at BYU? 100%. 100%. And listen... The church is part of it. I know when I was there at Bronco, I haven't played in our clients. I'm not sure how he runs his meetings and things. Under Bronco, we'd have a we have an opening prayer uh, at our meetings, which was kind of different and cool. Um, but that was kind of the extent of it. You know, we, it's not like we were we were forced to watch the film and read the Book of Mormon at the same time. Um, but you, I mean, it, you kind of did your thing. Of course, Bronco did his did, did the firesides and all. Um, but there were plenty of kids on our team that were not members and. And we embraced them. It wasn't like they were shunned or, or that we, uh, you know, we didn't feel like they were a part of us. I mean, it's the end day you're out there to, to play football. Um, so I definitely think there's a, there's a spot for, for non-LDS uh, athletes to, to come play at BYU. And I think you'll see a lot of the kids, including I remember my day, Curtis Brown. He came here as a, as a non-member and, and realized uh, what was, you know, what BYU had to offer and, and kind of what, the main, obviously, what, what everyone was practicing there, and he eventually converted, and life's great for him. You know, we still keep in touch. Um, so I, I think it goes both ways. I, I think there's kids now that are members of the church, and, and um, they love kind of family atmosphere that Kalani's created. And so I, I think you can definitely come to BYU and not be, even if you are a member of the church and you're less active, I, I think there's still a spot for, for all kids. And um, frankly, I think it's great because it includes some of that diversity for these kids to be around. So, you know, I, that's obviously for each kid and, and depending on where he wants to go. And maybe that's an excuse that he throws out there that I'm not a church guy and that's why he doesn't want to come. But I think there's definitely a spot for anybody and everybody. David, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you after the bowl game. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.